So super happy to have Justin Tidd with us today. I, I was telling him before we hopped on here, I was doing a couple push-ups because Justin is not only in the health space, he also has a normal nine to five sales job. And based on the trajectory of his fitness career, it looks like he'll probably be able to uh, make his nine to five no longer mandatory. So I'm super happy to have him on the Unconventional Money Moves podcast. Uh, Justin's been on, you're on what? Dropping bombs. You've been on lots of different podcasts. So he's been all on the big ones. So I'm excited to have him on here and just chat about what's been happening in his journey. So yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, I appreciate it. So like your normal job is like you you're you're in sales and then you also got this fitness thing going on. Like how was it like having your normal job and then transitioning to it seems like your side gig is becoming the main gig. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So um yeah, I've I've been with the company that I'm currently with uh 16 years. And uh, I've kind of moved up in that company from sales, you know, ba- basically being promoted every two years, you know, performance driven, a lot of sacrifice traveling. Um, so I'm actually, I'm the chief sales officer and a board member for that company. So I've, I've been there, uh, cover uh, North America, South America, uh, run a sales team, I run the whole marketing group. Uh, yeah, I've been on, over uh five continents of of sold equipment in over 30 countries uh so it's it's um it's a lot right and it's required a lot of sacrifice uh but i fell into bodybuilding and and getting my health right uh about seven years ago and uh what what i did at that point was it was just a passion um and then uh fell into coaching on accident actually is how that happened but um, yeah, dude, super successful as an entrepreneur in a company, and then uh, decided to take on <clears throat> coaching, and uh, dude, I, that's where I work on the weekends. So all my weekends is work, my side hustle, and uh, through the week, <clears throat> you know, I work on on my my typical job, which being a in the position I am in, you know, nine to five is 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 unrealistic, <laughs> right? So that's. You know, I'm, I'm up pretty early, um, still answering emails, taking phone calls. I got sales guys on the West Coast. Uh, so, you know, they're still calling me at 8 o'clock at night with issues and things that they, they need help with. So, you know, weekends we work. Uh, it's a, it's a, that, that position's in the mining industry. So it's, it's a high demand coal mining, gold mining, copper mining. Uh, so these guys, they, they work nonstop too. So they have issues on the weekends. My sales guys get calls, service guys. Uh, and they, they need help. So it's, it's, yeah, dude, it, it's a lot, but <clears throat> you know, doing something great requires sacrifice. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, my wife, my kids, they, they kind of understand that. And, and I'm there for them as much as I can be. Uh, they play sports, things like that. Uh, I help coach the track team for, for my two older kids in high school. So I, I try to give back to them that time of year. Um, but they 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 were born into it because I've been doing it so long that they're used to me being gone almost every other week because I'm flying somewhere every other week. So that on top of the fitness, trying to find gyms while I'm out of town, find somewhere to eat, uh, go to grocery stores, meal prep my own food. Like, you know, there's a lot of discipline that comes along with that to keep focused. Yeah. <clears throat> And with 
running a full full time fitness coaching program on top of a it seems like you're probably working more than 40 hours a week on your normal job, wife, kids, everything. Uh, you definitely have to mentally be tough, but at the same time, uh, who was it? David Goggins. He's like, yeah, like I didn't work out for my body. I did it for the mind. So yeah. by doing that workout, it's given you that mental, that mental strength to help, you know, you keep in the push, pushing the ball down the field. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people go to the gym and, you know, they work out, their bodies really don't change. And for me, I kind of look at that and say, you know, how does your life really look? You know, your, your normal job or your family or what, whatever is important to that person, because are you doing it just to go through the motions or are you doing it intentionally? So a big motto of mine is live with intention. And so for me, it's a day-to-day -day schedule from a week to a month. You know, I plan out my year, but everything's very intentional. And, and what I mean by that is my, my days are scheduled. I know what I'm doing. Sure, things come and go into that. But, you know, as long as you're being intentional, you have a game plan, you're working the plan, you will have progress and whether that's the gym or your job or your career, where you put that energy is where you're going to get back out of it. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, but the fitness coaching, I'm getting ready to really explode that. So this is, it's kind of a very interesting time to be on this call with you. So the next 90 days, I'm getting ready to really scale that business. Uh, also. Mm -hmm. With that, exploding is there like a piece of you that's like you want to stay where you're at in terms of your position but at the same time you kind of like in order to make that thing work as well as you want you can't just like it can't be just like a part-time deal either yeah i think you know it, it comes back to i said the word passion earlier and and that's something you always hear everybody talk about is chasing chasing your passion um so i have to scale it to a point where i can fully make a change 100 percent. and so that that is my goal is, is to be able to break off and you know i've been 16 years here it's been great I've, I've, my performance is like through the roof made some really great business made some great relationships um great memories but I, you know, the only way I can be successful into something that I'm this passionate about is to be able to put more energy and more time into. So, yeah, that's that is the goal. I got to scale it up. But it's it's it, you know, being an executive in a company and a board member, like I I get paid pretty good. So you know, to start a business off, and yeah, I got to figure out how to offset that income before I can actually pull the trigger. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to let it go. Yeah, it's definitely tough to let it go, and especially when you have uh, you can't just rely on yourself. If it was just you. You could go live in a, you can go live at the gym. <laughs> Absolutely, you yeah. Keep your overhead real low, but you know you yeah. got to feed. Uh, how many kids you got? Four kids. Four kids they eat a lot. Yeah, I bet they eat a lot. Of, a lot of hay. You got to get make a lot of hay to feed all them kids. So yeah, I mean that's definitely. I bet that's tough for you right now that you got like this fitness business that 
can explode at any moment, but at the same time, you almost you got this other thing kind of like holding you back a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't see this tough. I see it as a challenge, um, and that's just something. If that's you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that when I make a decision or I want to do something, then I put the energy into making that decision and and roll out a plan to make it happen. Um, I, I would I would say that probably the only thing that's difficult would be the time management piece of that because I'm still sacrificing. There's only one me. And so for me to give so much to this company, so much to the personal business, try to be there as much as possible as a father, try to be there as much as possible as a husband. Uh, there's still a lot of things that get sacrificed that 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 create some some issues as far as timing. But uh, but at the end of the day you got to sacrifice to grow and and or, or you'll never get there i mean that's just all it is what's like the uh sacrifice what is like the biggest thing people need to sacrifice in order to help with their fitness that you've been seeing with the people that you work with so to, so for someone to sacrifice in fitness it's their time, you know, it's, it's people want to complain or make excuses about how they can't eat. You know, I, I don't have time to eat that much food and, but, but they'll go choose convenience of bad food. Um, so it, it really boils down at the end of the day, people don't eat enough of the proper macronutrients, you know, enough protein for sure. Not enough protein. Um, and then understanding carbs and fats and things like that. But that's, that's probably people's biggest sacrifice is actually the excuses that won't allow them to do what they got to do. And that's their time from meal prepping to being organized and having their foods ready the night before for the next day, packing them, whether it's in a cooler, you know, or heaven forbid somebody have to eat their food cold. You know, I mean, it's just like, just take the excuses away because that's all that's holding typically most people back. People people love going to the gym. And like you said earlier, whether it's a mental thing or stress relief or whatever the reason, there's there's plenty of reasons. But people don't prog uh, progress because they don't eat enough food properly. That's that's really all it is. Like the, the clients that come to me, uh, two biggest issues. They don't eat enough food. They don't drink enough water. Eating, eating food could be tough because like you're, you could feel full sometimes, but when you start tracking your food, especially if you are a uh, successful person and you're working all day, um, not eating enough could almost be detrimental, just like, mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, like you could overwork out and not see results either. It's almost, you got to like find that happy place for each individual person. And that's where your expertise can help mm -hmm. take someone who's living average or below average of their capacity and you're able to pinpoint exactly what small adjustments they need to make in order to speed up the progress so that way they go to the gym they get the reward rather than i'm just going to the gym i get a pump real quick and then i have to go back to the gym to get that same feeling rather than mm -hmm. feeling good all day yeah and the biggest thing is <clears throat> if, uh, let's take a typical person that doesn't you know, they're, they're not eating enough food or they're kind of, they think they eat healthy, but they're really not eating that healthy. Um, 
So it's, it takes three weeks minimum to eat a solid plan for your metabolism to even kick in. So uh, as a new client that starts out, first two weeks are really difficult because I, I feed them a lot and it is a lot for them to handle. But when that week three kicks in and metabolism kicks in, you know, almost 99% of people are like, wow, I'm hungry every three hours. Like I am hungry. I, I, I can't believe this because their metabolism is so slow because they they've improperly uh, fed themselves. So it's, you know, and then on the flip side of that, you know, I have a lot of clients that are like executives or own their own businesses that, you know, time is an issue. And they're just like, man, I just don't have time. I'm on the phone or I'm making deals. So there's other ways to do that. And that's offsetting it with like a protein shake and just making sure they get their greens in. And I'm like, so I'll, I'll, I'll work it out with them to understand their plan and say, okay, so let's see when you have time, when you don't have time. So tell me when you think you don't have time. So then what we do is we fill those little gaps in there that when they're extremely busy, they can still grab something, get it in between a call and move on. Um, Cause that's the biggest thing is it's like some people just say, well, I don't have time. Oh man, I forgot or this or that. Um, if, as long as there's a plan there and you can go take 20, 30 seconds, drink a shake. You know, I love baby cucumbers cause they're fast and easy and you can get greens in that way. Keep your digestive system moving. Then you can still stay on a plan and get results. It's the biggest thing is just people's, they, they got to understand how to eat properly. People have these, uh, my knots preventing yeah. them from taking that next step. And it's just so easy to make excuses. Yes. I've definitely taken the easy way out. I mean, like, uh, I mean, for me, I'm like my minimum, I at least like for, for me personally, like, I just want to at least get like 10,000 steps a day, bare minimum, at least like I'm moving. Like, so that way, at least like I'm burning something, you know, if I walk up a hill or down a hill, at least I'm getting some sort of incline. And then, you know, before the podcast is like, yo, I got 10 seconds. I could do 10 pushups in 10 seconds. Like if someone just did 10 pushups every hour on the hour and 10 squats every hour on the hour and walk 10,000 steps, they could definitely transform their life on top mm -hmm. of eating better. Yep. Yep. I mean, it is, it's possible. Nobody has to go, you know, the extent of being a bodybuilder, you know, people are always like, oh, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to, nobody says you got to be a bodybuilder, right? It's like, you know, find out what you, you know, number one health is the most important and, you know, take care of your body because it's, it's your body. It's the only one you have and you're the only one responsible to do it. So be active eat healthy like if, if you do those do your labs do your blood work make sure everything's in line and you know be active so i mean it's not about being a fitness model or this or that if it's not a goal then you know have your goal and work towards it but yeah take your health serious and, and be active like you said it can be as minimal as that i'm not sure if you've done this or not uh, i had someone like want me to sign up for their coaching program. And I was just like, my wife said no, cause we just moved and I have to buy a lot of stuff for the place we just moved into. And uh, if the lawmaker doesn't sign off, then uh, mm. I'm more scared of her than some fitness guru. Sure. And uh, I actually went on chat GPT. Have you like played with that at all? Like for coming up with like 
it was pretty crazy. I was like, you know, based on my body weight, my BMI, I'm this old, you know, I, I'm this many inches tall. Can you tell me what macros I need? And it came up with like pretty detailed answers. Uh, what like are you doing like differently that like people can't just rely on like chat GPT or like another one's like a, my fitness pal where you can just like, you know, type in some answers and hope it works. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, if chat GPT can, let's say in a week or two, you go back to it and say, okay, chat GPT, uh, here's what I did this week. Here's what I weigh now. Here's this. I need you to adjust my macros to meet this goal. Now, if it can come up with that solution, I mean, you know what? Hey, it, it could replace all of us in the fitness coaching space. Um, I realize that. Uh, but I think there's always going to be a level of personal relationship or accountability that, you know, AI can't give you that accountability. Definitely and, not. You know, you, you're not afraid to send an AI a picture that says, yeah, I, I, I didn't do the plan or I did, you know, but when you have someone that's looking out for you, uh, same thing with my fitness pal, you have good tools, um, but it's still not a detailed plan to get there. So I can, I can sit down and go, okay, Hey, in 12 weeks, how much, how much you weigh? What's your age? Okay. Um, here, here's this testimony, this one, this one, this one, this one, you do everything I say in 12 weeks, you're going to look like this. It's, it's simple. I like guess. So, I mean, um, for me, it's, I can roll out the plan. It's, it's as long as the person has the responsibility to do the work. Yeah. I mean, I, you could have all the tools in the world. You don't know how to use the tools and you have a real expensive, uh, what's it called? Paper, mm. holding paper on your, on your desk. It's like, Oh, when your phone doesn't work, Oh, I just got a expensive, uh, paperweight. Mm -hmm. So that's I'll where like the coaching comes into play. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else on top of that is I was at a speaking event, uh, last year out in California and um, one of the ladies that was on stage, she had said, um, you know, talking about hiring coaches. And I never heard anybody address it this way because we always say time is something we can't get back, right? That, that, that's the one asset. Like, you know, time is time. and You can't get it back. But what she had said was, yeah, but you can buy time. And you buy time by hiring a coach that gets you there faster. So if I hire you and you get me there in three months, rather than me spend six months to a year figuring it out myself, I just bought myself that time back. So it was a, it was a really interesting way to, to you know, think about hiring a coach to actually buy time by hiring a coach. And how do you, I mean, you're an executive at a company. You didn't, did you go to school for nutrition or did you just like lock yourself up in a room and learn all this? Like what, what allowed <laughs> yeah. you to gain this sort of knowledge? Yeah. So from, from a nutrition standpoint, when I really wanted to dive into it, you know, I started researching it, learning it, <clears throat> started using it on myself. You know, I was, uh, you know, when it all started, I was a, the traditional dad bod, right? 205 pounds. And I was like, okay, I'm, I want to figure this out. And uh, so I had hired a coach. He, he got me okay 
but and I learned a little bit. So I decided I would I would go do my own research and, and learn about you know nutrition and carbs and fats and protein and carb cycling and fat loss and uh, fat cycling you know, calories, cardio intake, you know, daily expenditure. And, um, I just, I basically just kept evolving, kept learning, kept trying it on myself, kept trying it on myself. And then, you know, I got myself from like 205 to 182 pounds. Um, look good. I mean, I, I did, I look good, but I, I still wasn't there. <clears throat> you don't weigh 182 pounds now, do you? No, no, I'm, I'm about uh, 197 to this morning. I was gonna say you look you look more solid than 182. Yeah. It seems like on you would probably be pretty skinny. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm actually I got a bodybuilding show on Saturday, so I'm I'm about 197 six percent body fat right now. So yeah, it's it's um yeah, I typically would walk around in the off season about 240 pounds. Yeah, That's about 14 percent body fat. That, that's strong. Now, when you're competing for this show, do you lose strength? Like, cause you're shedding a little bit weight? and like, you, how does yeah. that affect your psyche? Cause being in the gym and be able to throw like heavier weights around when you start like leaning out and you don't have that same strength, it's kind of like a crap. Like I kind of feel weak, but at the same time, like I'm looking good. Yeah. So I've been competing a few years at first. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, to swallow. You know, not only that, you you know, you don't fit in your clothes no more. You know, I, I was, I'm wearing a double X. Well, now I'm wearing an XL or at that point in time, like a large. And and then, you know, people go, oh, man, you're, you're getting skinny. And it's like, that's the worst thing to hear as a bodybuilder because, like, I'm leaning out. Like, I'm not I'm not skinny, right? It's, so you take that stuff to heart. Um. So yeah, when you first go through it, it's it's mentally a little tough, and uh, you lose strength. So for me right now, if I can maintain strength through it, but it also depends, you know, as you're dialing down, sometimes you increase carbs. So one week, if I'm on a low carb week, my strength won't be as great. Now, if I can maintain my strength or reps through the week, I'm pretty happy with myself. Sometimes I'm down five, 10 pounds on that lift. Um, you know, you, at, at doing it, you, you expect it. So you, you, you can get through it a little easier. Um, but yeah, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm maintaining strength decently through this process. So, but yeah, for a first time person, dude, yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal on the brain. How, how accurate it is. I remember seeing like, a documentary about uh who is it uh ronnie coleman mm -hmm. and the year they won they talked about like the one guy's like yo dude you just need to like chill out like you need to relax so he's like i gave the guy like a cup of vodka i gave ronnie some vodka i gave him some pizza and then when he went out on that stage it was just like the perfect like perfect storm for him to finally like win uh what was it mr olympia, olympia. is that like are you going to do that before like the show? Do you like indulge a little bit or is that? Yeah. It's, so it's kind of a little, you know, there's a few tricks of the trade. And so all, all, all the alcohol is doing is drying you out because alcohol dehydrates you. Right. So, but there's a process to get on stage that we, we basically force ourselves into dehydration. So it's, it's self-induced dehydration. 
Um, but you got you got to have your sodium levels at a certain uh, range, and and that way the muscles stay as full as possible with the water. But it, you basically have a large intake of water over the first part of the week. The water tapers off. You increase your sodium, and then you drop the sodium off toward the end. And basically, the sodium will absorb, but at, and then um, absorb the water, make you keep full. But then show day, basically you stop drinking the day before show. The next day you you know, throw in some fast digesting carbs. Uh, you can add in some vodka, like two ounces of vodka, and then that that helps dry up even more. Because through that process, the science behind it is really cool. Actually, is is so we're we're forced dehydration. So your body is is forcing all this water out because you water load. So whether you start the week drinking three, four gallons of water and then a day, and then you taper it down, you know, two, one and a half, one. So your body is pumping all this water through, and then you basically you're shutting off the water. Well, the very last layer or the last organ in your body to hold water is your skin. So when you shut the water off the day before show, then you wake up the next day and then you shove a bunch of carbs in you and sugar, and your body's not used to those at the moment. It it pulls that last bit of water out into the carbs that you just ate. Now, by doing that, then all of a sudden, that water that's left in the skin comes out and goes into the food. And then that's when you get super vascular and, and the water's the you're you're basically at the peak condition. So it's kind of a yeah a, a short way to explain that week, but it's it's really interesting, yeah. And that's that's where you're at right now. Like as we're talking, that's like the process that you're currently going through for this show. Typically, yes, but um, so I went top ten twice nationally, and then I took a year off to get bigger. Um, so now I have to go back and get requalified for nationals. So this show Saturday is a regional show. It's a small show. Um, you know, I just need to be like close enough, but my national show is July 1st. So I, I don't want to peak now and then have to try to peak again in five weeks. So I'm going to get just close enough as possible right now, get my qualification. And then, yeah, in four weeks from now, I'll be in that state. So you're, that, that like reminds me of like an Olympic lifter. Like they pretty much don't max out until it's like time to perform. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's the same thing with bodybuilding. It's unrealistic for like, if I came to you as a client, you're not getting me to like be on a, a stage unless that's my goal, because right. that's, that's not like ideal. Uh, that's not sustainable or yeah. probably healthy for the long run. Yeah. Uh, However, for like what you're looking to accomplish at that next level, like you basically have to uh, be a scientist and yes. play around with the numbers. Yeah, that's hundred cool. percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool, you know. But yeah, I mean, bodybuilding has given me a a, a a real sense of competition. You know, I'm 40 years old, so. Uh, it, it's allowed me to still be an athlete, you know, cause I was always an athlete as a kid and you know, it's, 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 it's kind of cool to see what, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, 
building a physique or competing, you know you did that. Like nobody can take that away from you. The discipline, the sacrifice, the work, like you created that. And uh I, I think that's really cool. I think I think there's there's a lot of things about that that's that's really cool. Is there some sort of end goal that you have, or are you more of the mindset of the journey never ends when it comes to fitness? Yeah. Um, you know, so nationals July 1st, uh, you know, goal is to be a pro to get my pro card. Um, I only really want to compete probably once on a pro stage. Um, it, it, it's, it's a different world. That is a different world, but I want, I want to, I do want to compete, uh, to say I stepped on stage with pros. I think that would be cool. Um, but you know, for the biggest thing is, you know, it's moving into my coaching business. Um, this just adds status to everything I'm doing. And, um, I mean, the end goal is to focus on my business and move on from a competing standpoint. You know, I don't have any interest trying to, to go down that path and go to Olympia. I, I don't have that. You know, the biggest thing is these guys don't make any money. They don't, they, uh, the amount of money you get paid to win a pro show is like $1,500 uh olympia you win like 60 grand like it's cool and and maybe if you're one of the guys that can be the best in the world at a really high level uh you know endorsements things like that you'll make money but to just try to be a competitor to get there man it, it doesn't make sense financially to me so you know coaching growing my own business providing a life for my family um, you know, that, that's, that's the end goal. The end goal is create massive wealth and leave a legacy that, that, uh, you know, I'm the one that did that for my family. And does anyone in your family like work out with you? Is it like a family venture or are you just doing this all on your own? Cause I know a lot of people, uh, I know we've all seen, uh, that liver King guy, at least once on social yeah. media, and he's got like his whole clan out there. Are you out there like with your whole clan or is it just Justin uh, by himself with his gallon jug pumping iron? Yeah, predominantly myself. And, you know, I got a few people that I like to train with if our schedules will line up. But if it don't, then it doesn't. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty, when I'm in the gym, it's, it's serious. Like, like I said, it's intentional. Um, you know, I'm in there two hours. I don't play on my phone. I don't stop and talk. It's it's very, you know, okay, I got to do this workout time, do this one, do this one, do this one, because I know that's the plan. Um, now, in the off-season, my wife works out with me. Uh, we, we try to get a few days in a week. She's also a, a bodybuilder and a bikini competitor, but uh, she's taken this year off so I can compete. She'll compete next year. And then, um, you know, We've we've showed my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, the ropes. She can she kind of works out by herself. She's eighteen, but she she worked out a little bit with us. Um, our sixteen year old, he's kind of come and gone. He's not you know hit the bug. He runs track. He's six one, has pretty nice legs, um, but he just hasn't. He hadn't found that bug. We don't make them do it. You know, we want them to find the passion. We talk health, talk fitness. Uh, so we keep them active, but we don't force them into the gym. Now, our 13-year-old, he's probably the most excited about it. He wrestles. 
and uh, he comes to the gym usually two, three days a week with us. It's crazy how different all yeah. your kids could be. Yeah. So I'm about to be a dad here in like a month. So I'm just kind of like, I don't care what my kids does. Like as long as they're happy, I'm not going to force them to do anything they don't want to do. Uh, unless it's like, I know it's going to be good for them. Sometimes you got to push, you got to push people a little bit, but at the same time, you don't want to push someone so far that they uh, hate your guts. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's the, my philosophy with the kids is, you know, look, I'll get you to the door. You got to open it. You know what I mean? Like you decide I'll give, I'm here for guidance. Um, now I'm not going to let them sit around and be lazy. That's not happening. <laughs> so, but I mean, do they have downtime and watch movies and play video games? Yeah, of course they do. Um, but you know, I expect a little bit of activity, get outside an hour a day or, you know, ride a bike, ride a scooter, uh, just go to the park, you know, just, just get outside and do something. So that's, that's the one thing we do push on them is, is that they get outside um, and at least they're, they're doing something active at least an hour a day. A day. Totally. And Justin's doing it all. And uh, if you want to reach out to Justin, it's just what justintid.com if you want to find him. And then there's links where you can schedule a, something with him and see yeah. whether or not it's a good fit. So you got a show coming up. It's I don't want to call it like a baby show, but it's like a, a stepping stone show. Mm -hmm. You got nationals, 16 oh. years as a successful uh, you said entrepreneur through your company. You got kids. Wife's also a bodybuilder. She probably kicks your butt every once in a while. What's is this next challenge? Scaling this fitness company is that like your next challenge that you see for yourself, or is there something else on the horizon that you've been itching at for a little bit? Because uh, yeah. it seems like your kids are on the way out, and now you can uh, have even more time for you and the wife to do all the things that you've neglected the, the last 20, 20 years about. Yeah. Um, the, the fitness coaching definitely is. And I've got um, some other like little side businesses that are in fitness too. So I'll, I'll have some uh, kind of some um, vertical channels of things that I'll move along with that. Uh, so that'll be part of scaling that. But, uh, I mean, the next thing's real estate, next thing's real estate. So that's, you know, probably by the end of this year, I'll be starting a business, uh, uh, into real estate also. And, and predominantly like cabins that can be rented, uh, West Virginia's where I'm at. Um, there's, there's a ton of areas, ton of cabin space, ton of mountains, ton, plenty of beautiful areas. So that my next venture is going to be getting the real estate up and going. Uh, getting the rental properties out, hiring a contract company to come in and manage it uh, so I can get some residual income there as I'm doing some other things too. Nice. Now are you going to make these cabins like fitness cabins or is it just going to be cabins? Yeah, just cabins, man. Yeah, just something, something easy people can get to like the national parks and, and you know have a small place to stay, but stay outdoors. Yeah, that, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like, I don't know what else you could be doing, Justin. I'm like thinking, I'm like, 
like, do you have any downtime? Like, how do you like, how do you keep your mental clarity through all throughout all this? Cause you seem like a very mellow, mellow guy yet at the same time you move with intention. Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually get anxiety when I have too much downtime like that, that creates anxiety for me. Um, yeah, I, I have about an hour to maybe two a night, depending on what time I go to sleep, but of downtime. Yeah. Do, do you do any downtime, any relaxing at all? Or are you always just go, 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 go? Yeah. Like once a week, once a week, my wife and I will, uh, you know, watch a movie or uh, hang out on the back deck. Um, you know, yeah, once, once a week. Uh, there's there's downtime yeah man honestly it's it you know weekends are fitness things you know coaching the track our track season just ended we had we got a few state championships which was cool um i i trained some track and field kids and hurdles on sundays so i mean they come in they travel from out of state or locally i train them for an hour on sundays um you know on top of work and training myself the kids and that like yeah downtime's not a I, like i said it just it, I, I i get more anxiety if i don't have something to do yeah that's interesting because some people are the opposite yet it's it appears that people procrastinate a lot of things and then they get anxiety versus like you seem to have the mindset where if you're not going full throttle you're you immediately you're like all right like i gotta get up i gotta go yeah like just just gotta keep moving with purpose yeah that's it yeah and i i, I constantly keep a to-do list and i just check them off and you know and if my wife comes to me and is like hey can we da 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 and i'm just like okay when do you want to do this and it's like you know well as soon as we can, and let's say it's Sunday, I'm like, we can do it Thursday. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, that fits in the schedule, you know, and the to-do list. And I'm like, we'll do it, but it can't be in the next few days. It's too busy. Um, and then I just check off my list. Like, you know, I look at winning and losing the day. Um, big fan of Andy Frazella. You know, he has uh, the 75 hard program and basically – you know, make a list of five things, you know, you accomplish the five things, you win the day. If you don't accomplish the five things, you lose the day. So for me, it's just keeping that active list and knocking off my items. For Justin, it's accomplishing 50 things a day. Yeah, dude, if I can, I will. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you definitely dropped a lot of good nuggets. And to just wrap things up here for anyone that may be listening and wants to take the next step, in their fitness journey, they can hit you up. What would be like the one area between, cause you mentioned earlier, the macros, the macronutrients people have are typically mess up between protein, fat, and carbs. Just a little nugget here. Which one is most important for people to focus on if they're not ready to take that first step to work with someone such as yourself? Always protein. So if you're wanting to maintain where your current physique is, which right, typically nobody does it, 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 two things. They get into fitness because they want to lose weight or they just want to look better. And, and however that looks in their mind. 
Um, but by doing that, they create a short-term goal with themselves rather than a long-term agreement. So thinking about long-term, but what everybody can do is, is get your protein right. So maintenance level protein, just a normal person, you know, if they weigh 180 pounds, they need to be eating 180 grams of protein, one gram per protein per body weight. Now, how do you figure that up? Well, Google is very easy with that. You can go in and type six ounces of chicken equals how many grams of protein? Like for instance, nine ounces of chicken equals 81 grams of protein. So, okay, that's 81, but I got to get 180. Well, have two of those chicken meals or, you know, if, if nine ounces is too much, split it up, eat, you know, four and a half, four and a half, but your daily intake should equal the one gram per one body weight. So, you know, macros, I think scares people sometimes and they think, oh, I can't figure it out. But you can look at the backs of any box you eat. One serving is, you know, 100 grams. It gives you the weight on the back of the food package. Okay, of that, how many proteins in it, how many carbs is in it. You can literally write it down and then do a basic, basic math equation. Total protein, total carbs, total fats. I really typically don't worry about the calories too much. Um, but if you're looking at the intake of the, the micronutrients, so that's the one thing. You can calculate that up very simple, get your total protein. If you want to lose weight or lose fat, you know, work out, eat two grams per protein per body weight. So if you're 180 pounds, now you got to eat 360 every day. So um, that, that would be some things to share with you that, uh, from, from a base level. Get the, get, get the protein right. Nobody eats enough, I promise. Well, you heard it right. Get your protein right. Eat more. Help you not have to do so much to get where you want to go. Appreciate having Justin on the Unconventional Money Moves podcast. We'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.